following program is intended for mature audiences. The time is now for the hardest hitting, yet completely trivial, football show on the planet. You are in rarefied territory. Ladies and gentlemen, well, well to the broken helmet. Let's rock. Coming to you live on tape on this Saturday, September 11th, right around 11 o'clock. The Broken Helmet here for week one of the NFL season. We're already actually in it a little bit as we got to see a gem on Thursday night. Brothers Eggy here talking about the upcoming games or gambling podcast that we do once a week. Brother Chris, how we do down in Florida? Heyo. How you been? Good? Good, good, good. I was very excited to uh, have some real football action going on. Yeah, for sure. And everybody got to get their their toes dipped in the fantasy waters and the gambling waters. And we all got to either make a lot of or lose a lot of. Or in the, uh, I guess in fantasy terms, it just ended up being, uh, you know, a jackpot or a car crash. And there was quite a bunch. It already stirred up quite a bit of fantasy talk in our personal league as Amari, Amari, not Amari, Amari Toomer, Jesus, Amari Cooper. (laughs) I'm dating myself here with Amari Toomer. Uh, Amari Cooper ended up having a monster fantasy game. I mean, point after point after point. There was a lot of points to be had in the game on Thursday night. Um, So that said, why don't we get into it? We'll talk about that game a little bit here um, in our first down segment. First down. So the Thursday night game was featured Dallas versus Tampa Bay. This game played in Tampa Bay. Final score, 29-31. to 31. Tampa Bay on top by two in a crusher for teases at the very end, plus the uh, over-under tease as uh, the... The spread was eight, I think, when it went off. It ended up being eight. I was dead wrong about this game. I was thinking Bucks uh, by easily by the eight. And then the over-under was 51 and a half. I'm not sure if that's exactly where it went off. I had no feeling on that, but I loved teasing it up and taking the under. I loved teasing the Bucks and taking the two. And as that game went on there, it was just all wrong in terms of teasers. If you had the Cowboys, you were good everywhere. Cowboys in the over. I mean, the over hit in what? The third quarter, I think? Late third? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I think so, yeah. And um, because it was dead in the beginning of the game as it was 7-7 in the second. And then all of a sudden in the second period, it just took off. They scored a combined total of 23 points in the second and then 17 in the third. So by the time you got to the fourth, it was uh, sayonara. The over it hit. Uh, but it, we got a good game in the end, and you needed the end to find out if you were going to hit that tease or not. I ended up, guess it been, ends up being a push if you had teased the uh, the Bucks, but you got everything with Dallas. So anyway, gambling aside, what were your thoughts about the initial Thursday night game? I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was I mean, I, th- I thought Tom, Tom Brady. Oh no, you. Were, by the way, just a, a quick correction. I think, and I, 
I think on on uh, Action Network it said it was nine and a half is what it went off at. When it went off, okay. When, when I did, uh, I had done a preview of the Thursday game on Wednesday when we were trying to get it in there, and I think when I did, the line was at eight. So obviously, lines uh, change with time; they're dynamic. Yeah, it so uh, it, it skyrocketed up. Yeah. So if you got that line later, then you 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 were all out. No good for you. Yeah. So your uh, your teasers broke down quite a bit. But if you did it early in the week, and then obviously that's why early lines, you know, tend to have a little bit of uh, arbitrage and edge there. But if you got it later with the nine and a half, then you were SOL, no good. But um, so again, dynamic. I, I, I'm quoting it eight. So my lines that I used are at, were at Wednesday. So the Thursday line game, uh, Thursday game line moved before kickoff. So other yeah. than that, initial thoughts because I know that you had a Dak and uh, maybe Cooper for your fantasy team. So I'm sure you were watching intently. I really wanted to see what Tom Brady brought to the table. I I uh, double dipped on uh, Lamb, not Cooper. I wish I had Cooper. Oh, you had Lamb. But well, Lamb did good too. He, yeah, Lamb did good. Uh, Cooper had a historic night. I mean, I think that was the from the articles I read. I believe that was the best game of his career. Most most receptions in a single game for him in his career. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, so the final line on uh, Cooper was thirteen receptions, a buck thirty nine, two touchdowns, on sixteen targets. Lamb yeah. wouldn't have been far behind. He got 15 targets, and his final line was seven catches for a buck four and one touchdown. He had three drops. That that doesn't help. Killer drops that, in the that, beginning, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the three drops I was pretty, pretty mad about. But it is what it is. I mean, he still had a great line. But, yeah, so as you're watching the game, you can see that Cooper, as the game kind of wore on, Cooper just – he just gets hurt. Like, he just – he looks hurt after every catch. <laughs> And frail, little frail. He is very frail. He's he's like Paper McFadden back in the day. Oh god! But whatever happened to McD? I don't know. I, I he's paper, so he he got torn up and tossed. Um, but yeah, he Dallas's offense looked very very good. Uh, Dak Prescott obviously they really blew up this arm injury that he had as if it was. Do you think something? They- do you think they blew it up, though? Because, I mean, to me, his accuracy was okay. But, I don't know, his arm looked like it had a little... It, it wasn't full juice. You know what I'm saying? So he, th- he threw the ball 60 times. No, no, I know. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it was it was a little abusive, if you think about it, if he had some kind of arm injury to have him throwing 58 times. But, while, I mean, he hit wide-open guys, there was just a couple of plays here and there throughout the game that I was just like, oh, man, that would have been a better ball if his arm was at 100%. It just – I don't some... know. I, I didn't think that. No? I, I personally didn't. No. Okay. I, I, I think that Dallas made it a bigger deal than it was, and I don't know if – I shouldn't say that. The media made it a bigger deal than it actually was. Yeah, I agree with you and, there. Obviously, nobody knew what the hell they were talking about. No. And I think Jerry Jones has a lot of money, and Jerry Jones probably has a team of doctors constantly monitoring his $160 million investment. It was definitely a big investment. I don't think that he would have allowed McCarthy to or or Kellen Moore to, to call 
60 passes if if his arm was really that bad. So that's just my personal feeling on it. On the other side of the ball, um, Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, and Tom Brady made it look like they were all in their 20s playing football. Yeah, I mean, that's in their prime. That's a good point because if you watch this game, the first thing you thought was, how old are any of these fucking guys? It's crazy. Yeah. Brady was 32 of 50 for 379, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. The His top three receivers were Brown, Godwin, and Gronk. It, I mean, they had all of the yardage. It was Antonio Brown, five for 121 and one touchdown. He did that on seven targets. Godwin was 9-105 for one touchdown, did that on 14 targets. And then Gronk was 8 for 90, two touchdowns, and he did that on all eight targets. So eight targets, eight receptions, not one drop. Goes to show you that connection uh, between Brady and Gronk. Still good, still ripe. As they what, they moved into uh, third place all-time between quarterback and uh, receiver touchdowns. Do you remember they that stat where they dropped they it during the game? The, they don't own the record? No, I don't think so. I think, and I, I, I we were trying to do, uh, we were trying to look it up in the moment when we were watching the game over the OL. I think it is Manning and Harrison. Is it Manning, or is it Gates and Gates and Rivers for tight end quarterback oh, combination? Was it? Ju- oh, 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 oh! I don't know. I, I, I think they, that's what I, it was. I was dealing with a situation when that stack came up, and I saw it on the TV, but I, I couldn't really hear. Yeah, we didn't have the audio of the play-by-play, so we didn't hear it in context. We just saw it, so we were trying to piece it together after the fact. Point being is that those two still cooking after all these years. Um, so impressive based on their age because it really looked like they didn't miss a beat offensively. Uh, maybe Leonard Fournette. I mean, a case of the dropsies there. That guy. Oh. I mean, that was a huge, huge... Uh, he should have had that ball on that screen. He would have turned that up field. There was three blockers, nobody there. Instead, you know, he gets a case of the, uh, you know, fumble Well, it's not really fumble but uh, Butterfingers there. Goes up in the air, and then they get that. That gave him great field position. I, I mean... I agree with you. I think that the age didn't play a factor as much as you thought it would. I think Elliott, too, was impressive. What do you think of the the defenses? You thought Elliott was impressive? Oh, did I say Elliott? I meant meant Prescott. My my apologies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I know. You Um, must have been sitting there shaking your head. What the hell is he talking about? Yeah, no. Uh, The defenses, Dallas has this weird thing that they kept talking about where they were pulling linebackers in and uh, Collinsworth kept saying it over and over and over that they were taking out linebackers and putting linebackers in. But then when you looked at the snap counts, that wasn't the case. So no, I, not I, at I all. don't, I, I don't, I don't know why he kept saying that. Um, Dallas's defense played better in the second half, I think, than they did in the first half. They, they look just totally overmatched. Uh, excluding the first uh, set of downs that when Tampa got the kickoff, they looked horrible the first half. And then they kind of pieced things together a little better in the second half. And I don't know if that was Tampa getting tired or whatever, but they, they looked a little better in the second half. Tampa's defense is very, very good in their front seven, and they looked 
Very bad. Well, I, I can't see that. Once again, we don't. It's one game, small sample size. But is it Dallas's passing game is that good, or is it that their secondary is that bad? Because they, the two, we don't know. But after they lost Murphy, but Murphy Bunting, Murphy Bunting, yeah, they looked horrible. Yeah, I, I think that's the point with with the Tampa defense is that the secondary really looked shoddy. Uh, now, they went into the game short Whitehead because he was out with injuries. So they were out there safety, uh, starting safety. And then they lost Murphy Bunting on the play. It was the Cooper touchdown, right? Or was it a Lamb touchdown? One or the other. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Lamb. I think it was Lamb, right? I think Because I think it was 88. Um, so Lamb in the offense, he went down and then he dislocated his elbow, I think it was. I mean, brutal injury. But... It looked awful on replay. Yeah, it, it did not look good. So they're going to be down quite a bit uh, now, you know, because they'll have uh, Winfield in the in at strong safety. Maybe Whitehead can come back. Bunting's going to go to the go to the uh, bench for a little bit here, and they'll have to put Dean in place, and then Carlton Davis at the other side. Russ Cockerell, uh, number forty three, he would toasted on a play. So he came in there and just got smoked. So it was unfortunate when they lost that because then the defense went down. But if you were to ask me one thing that I didn't expect, you know, the Cowboys throwing up that amount of offense, I mean, simply... I didn't expect that at all. I agree with you, Steve Carell. I didn't either. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought Tampa Bay's defense was going to be a little more astute, and they were not, which is why I went with the Bucs originally uh, with that line of the eight and then got completely smoked on that one. Um, So going forward, those two teams, who do you think has more room for improvement, the Cowboys or the Buccaneers? I would say the room for improvement would be on both the Tampa Bay defense and the Dallas defense. I I don't think the offense is really outside of maybe breaking down the uh, share of offensive play calling on the Dallas side from I mean both sides really because it wasn't like Tampa ran the ball too much either. But you know. Might have just been one of those games where they were going to throw no matter what. Um, but the defense is definitely have room to grow. The offenses look great. Yeah, they did. You have higher hopes for Tampa Bay or Dallas? Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is the better team. Yeah, I'm in agreement. Although I was really, I was really floored by the uh, performance Dallas gave there. I and if anybody thinks that the NFC East. Uh, is going to be close this year. I mean, if things stick to form after one game, I mean, Dallas might just run away with it. You know, obviously, we got to watch the rest of these teams play, but it was really a standout performance by Dallas. And for Washington's defense is very good. Yeah, I'm excited to see them play this weekend. Uh, they'll be taking on the Chargers, which is is a sneaky good watch. But I. It, I don't know. The Redskins' offense versus the Cowboys' offense, it really isn't a question if Dallas can perform at that rate. And for all of the new age money ball statisticians uh, coming into NFL play who completely, continually pound the unimportance, unimportance, lack of importance, whatever it is, of the running back position, total of 32 rushes in this game. 32. That's it. Bomberoo. I like the running back position. I always like the running back position, but it's hard to argue that the running back position is not important 
anymore when you can see it right here. They just they didn't run the ball at all. A game that featured a total of 108 passes featured all of 32 runs. Ugh, wow. The game has changed, folks. The game has changed. Um, and the other thing in this game, did you notice the screens that were utilized in this game? I read a couple of things about this early, and then you got to see it a lot. You know, the the new low blocking rule, the defensive backs can't go low anymore, right? So they got to go, you know, mano y mano and take on the block. So there was a couple of screens in there, starting especially in the first quarter. I think Blake Jarwin had one where it was a really kind of cool, uh, cool tight end screen that went out there, and you saw a lot of screens throughout, and I wonder if that's just going to be a trend you see more and more of because the D-backs now have to go heads up against these linemen and people that are blocking for these screen passes. I didn't notice it. I know about the. I knew about the rule, but I, I didn't. I you know I didn't even think to to look at that. Yeah, watch it. Watch I it on Game feel Pass. Like they didn't, watch I feel it. Like they didn't mention that. Yeah, watch it on Game Pass, and then I'm specifically in the first quarter. It might have been the first drive. I think it was for a first down, but I think it was. I'm almost positive it was. I think it was Schultz, not Jarwin, but it was a screen pass to the right, and it was really cool because it just looked different. And then, sure enough, I think he got like ten yards on it, ten or fifteen yards. It was a cool little play. But you got to see that a little bit in that game, and maybe we see that going forward. So, all right, everybody in the brothers talked about the Tampa Bay Dallas game. Let's get into our betting segment. Second down. down. So we'll pick the three games that we think appeal the most, uh, most fun watches, if you will. And we will start out by flying out to Kansas City Arrowhead Stadium. Chiefs hosting the Brownies. The Browns are right now five-and-a-half-point underdogs. The Sharps like the Browns. However, everybody else likes the Chiefs. 65% of the ticket total is going to the Chiefs, and 67% of the money is going toward the Chiefs. Over-under in this game, 54-and-a-half. So what's your lean here, Chris? Uh, Kansas City at home, opening day... Cleveland's defense is not as good, I guess, as everyone's making them out to be. Well, I saw a great, I saw a great thing on ESPN the other day where Scott Van Pelt was, I think it was Scott Van Pelt. It was late, and I was interviewing some guy, Bill Bill Barnwell, I think it was. Oh yeah, Barnwell and Barnwell, right? I'm not sure if it's Bill, whatever. Yeah, yeah it's Bill. It's Bill. So. He was saying about Patrick Mahomes. He was talking about Patrick Mahomes' game so far in his career, and how in the wins they've averaged thirty point nine points a game. I, I don't know the exact quote, but it was somewhere around somewhere between thirty and thirty one. And their losses, they've averaged somewhere between twenty nine and thirty points. So if you want to beat Patrick Mahomes, you're going to have to put up points. And the question is: Is can you know Cleveland go into Kansas City on opening day and put up 30 points? I don't know. Now, there's, well, that could be impacted by at least one questionable status, and that is Odell Beckham. He's questionable going into this game, as is Jadavion Clowney. So the Browns have two question marks on their team who may, may not suit up. Obviously, they're not doubtful, so it, it, it might 
they might play, most likely play, um, but they'll probably be a little banged up going into it. Obviously, Odell coming back from surgery, knee surgery, and Clowney is still battling illness, right? Which is not classified as COVID nineteen, just an illness. I didn't. I didn't read any. I haven't read anything about Clowney. Yeah, I, well, we had tried to, Chris and I had tried to do a go-around of the podcast on Wednesday, and the same thing came up. And then I thought I had heard it, and then I Googled it. Yeah, he missed the practice Wednesday or Thursday. It wasn't COVID-related. Um, and then I had read last night that they had him listed as questionable. I don't know if it's still with the illness or whatnot, or if it's something else. But I did see it was questionable. And Beckham, obviously, it's the recovery from the ACL surgery. So, um, But your question, your point is well taken that the question becomes – can the Browns score enough to keep up with the Chiefs? Right, that's the I mean, it's, fi- it's five and a half. So obviously, they think that Kansas City is going to score points, and they think that Cleveland's going to score points. I mean, I think fifty-four and a half might be the highest over under the week. So you are correct, sir. Yeah. So they they're they're expecting this to be a a shootout. I just I don't the Cleveland. I, I know they have Landry. I know they have Beckham, but I foresee them more as a running team and and trying to control the clock and trying to control the clock. So if they're going to try and control this game, why would you? I, I don't know why they have a fifty four and a half over under. They're thinking. I I don't know. I don't know what Vegas is thinking on this one. I this is a this is a, a Kansas City under game for me. Yeah, uh, well, to that extent, whoa, I like that sound because that's kind of where I'm leaning to. So you are on the Chiefs. I am also on the Chiefs Uh, for a lot of the same reasons that we mentioned. I don't see the Browns as having an offense that's going to be able to throw points to keep up with the Chiefs. So the 5.5 to me, which was 6.5 earlier this week, and if I'm not mistaken, let me check. It opened It opened at 6. It was up to 6.5. Now it's down to 5.5. So that's the historical lineage of the line. But I, too, am going with the Chiefs. The over-under at 54.5, you said you were going under on this one? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going under on this one, and later on I will bring this in up again because that's actually I like the tease of that up and then going the under again. So the two of us are both on the Chiefs, and we're both looking at the under in that one, the under 54 and a half. All right, so we will fly out to Jacksonville, which ends up being a New Orleans Saints home game. This, I mean, go go figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This obviously because of Hurricane Ida uh, put a dent into the Saints' home opener uh, plans. So they had to move out to Jacksonville to play this game. They will be hosting the Packers. Currently, Packers three and a half point favorites. They also have all of the tickets. As sixty five percent of the tickets are leaning toward the Packers, sixty four percent of the money. Uh, Big money is coming in on the Saints, as is the Sharps. So right now, Saints seem to be the sharp big money play, while the Squares, and obviously Squares, we're talking about the general public, general pop, uh, is on the Packers. So it's kind of a pros-Joes game. Which side are you going to lean toward here for this not-home game for the Saints? And I'm going to go with the favorite. I think the Packers have the much better opportunity here to show how good they actually are and it not being in New Orleans. It's it's just an – if it was in New Orleans, maybe the spread would have been a little lower. 
But they have a, a great opportunity here to, to start the season off for Aaron Rodgers' last go-around and show what they're they're really made of. Plus, they have their whole team back. They didn't they didn't outside of Bakhtari or Bakhtuari, whatever you however you Bakhtiari, say his name. Yep. Outside of him, they I think they have their entire offense back. Plus, they have some new weapons. Um, they got that rookie wide receiver that people are talking about, and they have AJ Dillon in his second year. So their team's pretty good. I mean, they they if Aaron Rodgers is seventy five percent of what he was last year, that team will be just fine. Yeah, this is a legit Super Bowl contender last year and this year. Uh, now playing on a neutral field, really uh, versus New Orleans. Uh, and I, too, have trouble with at least the the push here toward the Saints because for a couple of podcasts that I've listened to, a couple of things that I've read, I understand the sneaky Saints pick here. Jameis comes in. Jameis plays well. Uh, Callaway has a game. They still have Kamara. And they end up putting up points here, making it difficult for Green Bay, who's still playing on the road. I mean, it's not in the Superdome, but it's still on the road in Jacksonville. And the Packers' secondary um, is a little questionable. Um, obviously, they had a, they have a stud in one spot, but other, other spots not so much. Um, their linebackers have always kind of been up and down. Remember, you know, last year they brought in Kirksey trying to fill in that middle spot. He got hurt, and then they had to replace him. So I understand the the... the attempt at this sneaky Saints pick, but I'm with you here. I, this just feels to me to be Packers all the way. Again, I probably get caught with this game like I did with the Bucks game, thinking that the Packers team is everybody returning from last year. They should hit the ground running while the Saints are not, and that did me in with the Cowboys, but here, I'm, I don't have to get up to the eight, nine and a half points. I just got to get up to the three and a half. Yeah, I just, we don't know what, I just, I, I can't Two different thought processes. One, I just have a very hard time uh, picking the Saints in a game where they don't have Drew Brees and Michael Thomas and uh, Traquan Smith, who's their number two or whatever he is, and they're number three. They have a banged-up Adam Troutman. And then on top of it, Taysom Hill's not the starting quarterback who we thought he was going to be, and now it's Jameis Winston. And last time we saw Jameis Winston, he just throws the ball like crazy. So uh, the the other thought process is how do you how do you pick against them? How do you pick against the Packers when they have their entire team against a team that doesn't have any of their returning starters outside of Kamara? And then you have the other end of the spectrum, which is if the Saints are – going to be as good as I mean dude they were laying two and a half it opened them laying two and a half if they're going to be that good they're going to have to prove it to me through a couple weeks of the season before I jump on the Saints bandwagon that's just my thought process the the lack of movement with the venue change was a little straight I mean they just didn't give really any credit toward the New Orleans home venue right which was Mercedes-Benz Dome, uh, you know, but now they've changed it to the Caesars Superdome. So the Superdome has went from Mercedes-Benz over to Caesars Superdome, which makes sense because then, you know, they had two Mercedes-Benz with the Mercedes-Benz licensing in Atlanta. So, um, but moving the game from the Superdome really didn't have an impact on the 
spread all that much. I think people are gassing on Jameis because of that one preseason game. That's what it feels like to me. I, everybody saw Jameis. He did really good in that preseason game, and they said, oh, I've heard this thing about him having LASIK, whatever. I mean, enough LASIK? Give me a effing break. Um, it's He's still a pick monster. Now, he could throw up numbers, but the Packers only have to win by a field goal and a half, right? Yeah. I mean, three. It's like it's, it's, it's not... It's not like it's five. If it was six and a half, five and a half, I could see the Saints getting a late touchdown to to bring it back down. But, I mean, Packers are going to win this game. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I mean, it comes down to at three and a half, granted, the, the extra half point uh, is a little bit of a pain just to get the Packers in here. But, I mean, the contra-argument is the Saints win this game. Do the Saints win on the road in Jacksonville versus the Packers? And I just have trouble seeing that result. So for that reason, for that reason, I'm out. Uh, <laughs> I'm just copying uh, Shark Tank here. For that reason, I'm picking the Packers. Yeah, I'm with you. So we're both in the Packers there. The over-under in this game, by the way, is 49.5. So this is almost a, a 50 game. Um, I, I don't really have any kind of feel either way toward that 50. It's probably right in line with uh, what I could see. So um, I don't see anything for that one. Do you have any feel on the over-under before we bounce? I think it's going to be an over. I think it'll be a shootout. I think the Packers are going to score a ton of points. Saints are probably going to have to play catch-up, maybe get some extra points in, in garbage time. I. I, I can agree. see it over here. I can see it. Easily. I can see it over too. I, I I'm not committal, but if I had a gun to my head, uh, picking a side, I guess I would end up going like you said with the over. So both of us are on the Packers. We will fly out to our final game to chat a little bit about. And this one, we're going to go up the East Coast over to New England, Gillette Stadium, where the Patriots will be hosting the Dolphins. The Finns currently three-and-a-half-point underdogs, so another game where you get the three-and-a-half here. Dolphins underdogs by three-and-a-half. The over-under is 43-and-a-half, so they're looking for no offense in this one. And the Sharps have not taken the lean yet, but... The everybody else is on the Patriots. 65% of the tickets is on the Patriots. 70% of the money is on the Patriots. And I'll say right out of the gate that I love this game. I am not a Tua fan yet. Uh, he played a lot in the preseason, and during that time, I did not see anything that was very reassuring. Mac Jones did look good. Patriots are at home. I Belichick has had all preseason to prepare for the first game of the season. They just revamped a whole bunch of their roster. I mean, everything for me is leaning toward the Patriots here easily by three and a half. I probably like the Patriots more uh, more here than I did the Packers in the previous game. And uh, I just I can't see the Dolphins staying in this. I, I, I mean, I have to see something out of Tua. I have zero interest in betting the Miami Dolphins. Zero. Oh, for sure. But do you like the Patriots enough to bet it? Oh yeah, I mean, I the whole I just I, I I know that they're supposed to be pretty good this year. The Dolphins, I'm sorry, um, their Dolphins are supposed to be pretty good this year. Living in down in Florida, you hear all the reports, so everyone here to, is very biased. But uh, New England, as we've discussed numerous times over, they have put a lot of money into this year. Bill Belichick is not happy about what happened last year. He has a lot of players back 
who were stalwarts on that defense. And uh, listen, they're a hundred times better than they were last year, and they were like nine and seven. So I, I could very easily see them getting far as long as Mac Jones. He's going to have some mistakes. He's going to he's going to make some errors, obviously. But uh, if he can just kind of be a, a game manager, I think Belichick will put him in a place to win. And uh, I, I just don't trust Tua either. Tua's good. He's not going to throw interceptions, but he's also not going to throw crazy balls that are going to get them an opportunity to score a bunch of touchdowns. Right, and remember, this Patriots team is featuring a whole new slew of players on the roster. Um, primarily, I mean, they're kind of everywhere, right? Matt Judon, they brought in, uh, you know, to play outside linebacker at the end. Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry are now going to be the bookend tight ends, and it looks like they're both going to play this week. Hunter Henry has been banged up all of training camp, but he is back to play in this game. You know, Nelson Aguilar, uh, Jalen Mills... Uh, Kyle Vinoy, they get back. Kendrick Bourne, they brought over from 49ers. I, I mean, just just named a few here. They brought in a bunch of people. So, And obviously, they made the big trade for Trent Brown with the Raiders. So they have done everything in their power to upgrade their roster. And right now, they got the three and a half. I got the three and a half. I think it looks like you got the three and a half. I mean, I, I, two is going to have to... For the... The Dolphins to actually be in this game, I think you're going to have to see one of two things. Either Tua play better than I've ever seen him play, or Mac Jones really stink up the field. I can't see Tua playing that well. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the one that I, I, I have trouble it's, seeing. It's in, it's in Gillette. Yeah, well, on the road, too. You know, I just... I could it see... Should, it shouldn't be a three-point spread. It should be higher than that. Well, it, it, but it opened actually at two, and it's actually juiced up a little bit. I mean, the opening line was a little low, but remember they had all the quarterback issues. Who's going to be the QB? So, I mean, they have moved at a full line and a half from the open. Yeah, so, I still don't see it. I still don't see Dolphins making this, making that spread. Yeah, so the both of us, both of us are on the Patriots here. Forty-three and a half for the over/under. Do you have any kind of thoughts, pearls of wit or wisdom when it comes down to the forty-three and a half line? Under, under. I, I don't know if I like the under at forty-three and a half, but this is a tease them out of the ballpark. I, I, I'd love to get it up to fifty and then go down low. My thought process is if it, Dolphins are going to go in there, and we both believe that Tua—I can't say his last name—Tua Tua cannot. Tongue of Iowa. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't even think Tua, if Tua cannot score, as we both predict, the Patriots are going to score, as we both predict. This is going to be what? Like I could see like a twenty-eight to ten game, right? 24 to 24 to 10. Yeah, I I definitely think low 20s and, and if there was to be a you know kind of a lopsided victory like you just mentioned, I could see Dolphins scoring a lot lower than the Patriots. So like a 28-10 would I mean it would kind of make sense. I'd be a little I expect a little bit more out of the Dolphins than that, but um, even you even at even a 24-17 game, that still gives two a two touchdowns and a field goal. Right, okay. That, that, still, that still covers, and it, and it's still the under. Like, I just don't see this being a shootout. I just don't. No, nor do I. 
Um, again, and, and I think it's the quarterback battle. That's what we're going to be watching when it comes down to the Patriots and the Dolphins is which one of these guys, you know, is legit, if anything. Granted, it's one It opened at 45. People are hammering the under. Yeah, I, I, I agree, which is why I love to tease it up. Um, so I, I can't really think in my mind right now of a way to get this as the over. I wouldn't even, I mean, you tease it down to 37 and a half, which would be a, not a lot of points. Yep. I mean, teases hit about seventy percent of the time, right? So either way that you tease it, you know your odds go up exponentially. So I just like the teasing up and going under on this one. Yes, I all right. Agree. So those are the big three games. All of those coming at four o'clock. Four o'clock's got four games. Those are three of them. So nothing but good football at 4 o'clock. Oh, and then a Broncos-Giants game. But we'll get that later. Uh, anyway, um, with that said, we'll go and check out all the rest of the games. Third down. And we'll start off with the Titans hosting the Cardinals. Right now, Titans favored by three. The money and tickets both on the Titans. The Sharps on the Cardinals. Right now, 66% of the tickets on the Titans. 58% of the money on the Titans. 53 and a half is the over under here. So, who do you have between the Titans and the Cardinals? Uh, I took Arizona. I think actually Arizona is going to win outright. I don't, I, I mean, Arizona's offense is very, very good. I think that Tennessee's defense is not good. They have, they have a lot of work to do still. They need to prove it to me that they're that, you know, that they're better. But um, I like Tennessee's offense. Don't get me wrong. I like Tennessee as a team. I just – A.J. Brown had double knee surgery in the offseason. He's supposed to be their most dynamic playmaker. Bringing over Julio Jones is great, but we've discussed this before. He's not playing on turf. He's not getting peppered by, you know, Matt Ryan anymore. He, he – uh, oh. If he's going to have the Calvin Ridley to help him on the side, you know, across the field from him, then A.J. Brown needs to prove that he's healthy again. And the only great thing that they have that's unstoppable is Derrick Henry. And this is a guy who's had 400 touches two years in a row. So uh, Tannehill's good. Tannehill's proved that he's a, he, he's a legit starting quarterback in the NFL. I just I, – I really love the, the talent – on the Arizona Cardinals, man. I just, I love everything about that team. I think that they, they're good on defense. They're good on offense. They're, 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 they're a legit contender this year, in my opinion. Well, I contest with you a little bit on defense. I'm not sold on it at, at all, really. Uh, you know, there's question mark. They bring in JJ Watt. Isaiah Simmons is in his second year. Chandler Jones is coming back off of injury. Buda Baker is still solid, but they just lost Malcolm Butler uh, for the season. He was going to start at the other corner, and then he ends up going out because he retires. I was like, what the hell? Where takes for nothing! So they have to go into the back end of the roster to go fill that spot. And like we saw in that Thursday night game, when you uh, start getting depleted in the secondary, it could really hurt you. Um, so I'm not overly sold on the Cowboy on the Cardinals defense. I do like the Cardinals offense. I'm just going to go with the Titans. However, I I like them being at home. 
their offense being the same as last year with some additions. Had, granted, they lost John Smith and Corey Davis, but they did get Julio Jones to replace him. So I'm going to take the home team here and the three points. You are going on the opposite side with the Cardinals. Now we're going to travel over to Indianapolis where the Colts will be hosting the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks favored by three. The over-under is 49 points in this one. The tickets all over the Seahawks at 72%, and the money is rather even, slight lean toward the Seahawks at 52%. So um, Sharps are going to lean on the Colts here. I'm going the opposite side of the Sharps. I am taking the Seahawks on the road. I have to see the Colts play to see if this Carson Wentz experiment is going to work. And my other question, Mark, is who the hell is Carson Wentz going to throw the ball to? Because, uh, you know, T.Y. Hilton is now out for an extended period of time. Uh, I just don't know where they're, they're going to go with the ball. I can see him running the ball, but Seahawks here, I think, are the better play. They only have to win by a field goal on the road. A lot of people returning. How do you see the Colts and the Seahawks? I love the Seahawks. I can't believe that the Colts opened up as favorites in this game. The, the game swung five points. Did it really open that that low? Yeah, it did. So the Colts were favored two and a half, and now it is three Seahawks. So you're talking about a, a delta of about five and a half points on that line. It's a touchdown. It's actually it's swung an entire touchdown. Yeah, well, the That's open crazy. was so long ago too, right? You know, but I I can. Uh, oh, yours. Are they showing you an open from two months ago? Yeah, I think that's what all these opens are. Because specifically, if you look at, we had already talked about the Packers and the Saints, but that opened with the Saints two and a half point favorites, and then it's Packers three and a half. So I think these all were when they opened all the way back in the summer, which could explain the big line movement. But um, regardless, you know, Seahawks by three here. I, it sounds like we both feel like it should be a little bit higher of a spread, maybe four and a half, four. Yeah, well, DraftKings, DraftKings has that at two and a half, which is great. Wow, I'm, I'm oh, I ha- love that. I'm, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to hammer that all day. Give me the that's, half point a, and then give me the field goal. Yeah, yeah, loving that, loving that. I, I don't, I don't, we don't know. Like you just said, you, you took the words out of my mouth. I, we don't, we have zero idea as to who's actually going to catch Carson Wentz's passes. That's right. it, zero. So we're both going to lean into the Seahawks on that one with the three. Um, would have loved to get it at two and a half. So if that's out there, it's even more delicious. So the next game will be in Washington. The old Redskins, currently football team, future, have no clue, will be hosting the Chargers. The Washington football team favored by one and a half here. The over-under is 44 and a half points. Low-scoring game, so they're, I guess they're thinking that both the defenses are going to keep this down. The This is a trifecta as the Sharps, Money, and the tickets all on the Redskins. The Money, big on this one, 71 percent of the money is in on the Redskins. The tickets are more even at 57%. But this was a game that switched altogether because the Chargers used to be the favorite. And now uh, Eckler goes out and then all of a sudden things switch and the Redskins end up being the favorite. So Chargers, dogs on the road, were favorites on the road. Does Herbert come through and get this win here or 
the Redskins remain a good play, even though now they are favorite? Uh, that's it's crazy too because if if we had actually laying this bet, like take, taking this bet the other day, I would have loved the the plus one. Yeah, but with the Redskins, because you t- take the money line, and if it's plus one, you're always going to take the money line. Just it's pointless not to. Um, but you're now you're laying a point and a half, so it doesn't. It's not that much, right? Like it's it's two points, fine. Um. I'm I'm taking Washington football team. I regardless of the Eckler injury, I was going to take Washington. I think that their defense is outstanding, and I believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick will at least be able to bring in some semblance of what a starting quarterback should look like. And he loves to throw the ball, so. Uh, I, I think this might be a shootout. I actually, I'm surprised at the over/under. Yeah, well, just think of the defenses. Obviously, are going to keep this game low. Which I, I don't. I don't. Washington's defense is good. I, I don't think they're going to stop Herbert in that offense, though. Yeah, I don't know. I liked the Redskins when they were the underdog. I would have rather them had the dog and take it the money line. I really like the money line play. I do like the Chargers, though, so I'm kind of torn. I don't have a feeling anymore in this game at all. I'd actually rather just watch it and stay away. But for the purposes of the podcast and our contest here, I will take the Redskins along with you. So we'll both be leaning on the con- on the Redskins. And I agree. I think the 45-and-a-half is a little low. I love to tease that down and then take the over because, you know, Herbert's probably good for at least 14 to 20 points. So uh, we'll both be taking the Redskins on that one. Jaguars at the Texans. So Houston will be trying to uh, form some kind of team that looks competitive while not being anything close to what it was last year. They have no Watson. Uh, they lost Will Fuller. Uh, the entire franchise is has changed. Bill O'Brien, obviously, he's out of here. You are a stupid asshole. And you depleted your entire team of draft picks and the rest. But they're still they got to play on Sunday. So here they are. They got Tyrod Taylor under center. They are currently three point dogs to the Jaguars. The tickets and the money in on the Jaguars. Big money coming in on the Jaguars. Actually, seventy five percent. The Sharps are going to take the Texans at home. 44.5 is the over-under. And there's a part of me, I, I'm thinking the Sneakies are, uh, uh, the, the Sneakies. <laughs> the Sneakies, what the? I think the Texans are a sneaky pick here, and I'm going with them. Really? Yeah. I don't have any faith in this Jaguar team yet. I have to see it. I don't know. This Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer experiment, to me, just doesn't, it doesn't make sense, right? You, like, you build college programs. Yeah, how does Urban Meyer build a college program in the pros? It doesn't, you know, I mean, it rarely ever translates. And the places where you did see things translate, like, you know, Jimmy Johnson all the way back when, he had 8 million picks, and, you know, he grabbed all the good talent. I mean, he was fresh out of Miami. Yeah, I mean, it. Ju- I just don't see this translating well, that being Urban Meyer in the pros. But you never know. For, you know, Texans just don't look terrible to me. I have too many questions on the Jaguars, and it's a road game in Houston. So, I mean, a game in Houston, Jags on the road, so I'm taking the Texans. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to care about this game at all 
for sake of podcast, I will tell you that I'm going to pick the Jaguars because I think that James Robinson is pretty good. And I think he's probably going to have an enormous game against a horrific Texans defense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence actually might be like the MVP. He might be the fantasy MVP of the week. Oh, wow. Um, you got big expectations for Trevor Lawrence. I he, the Texans defense is really, really bad. Like they're horrifically bad. I mean, are they horrifically bad? I mean, they don't have any they're the kind worst, of talent? They're the worst. De- name a worst defense in the NFL. I mean, well, I mean, just to go. So they've got Whitney, Merculus, uh, Vincent Taylor, Malik Collins, and Jordan Jenkins on the D line. Not great at all. Merculus is all right. I mean, a little merciless old now. Is fine. Merciless, merciless, merciless. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, Zach Cunningham, Christian Kirksey, playing linebacker. The cornerbacks are King and Mitchell. Justin Reed's an okay safety. Eric Murray is the is the other safety. Um, you know, Vernon Hargraves, he came out. He'll be in the secondary, too. He, he wasn't that great in Tampa, so they, they picked him up. Um, no, it's not a great defense. So I, I just, I don't know. Um, I got to I gotta see the Jaguars before I bet on them. I'm taking the, I'm taking the Texans. You're taking the Jags, though. Yep. All right, and we'll see what, what this Texans defense is uh, after the fact. So the Panthers will be hosting the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. On Sunday, this is the Sam Darnold Bowl. Panthers currently four-point favorites. Their over/under is forty-five and a half right now. The Jets are now a huge pick by uh, the money. The Sharps are in on them. The money percentage-wise is not. However, they're coming in way more heavy on the Jets in the money than the tickets. So right now, the Panthers have sixty-nine percent of the ticket total, fifty-five percent of the big money. But the money has come in on the Jets to the point that this line has moved from five and a half several days ago to four points. I love the Panthers at four, five and a half. I love the Panthers at four. I like the Panthers even better. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I uh, how are the Jets even getting play? Like, that's People, another team. It's that's- Zach Wilson. So everybody's all over Zach Wilson. That Zach, Zach Wilson it looks good. It's going to play well. That the, you know, Sala is going, their line is okay. Sala's going to have the team ready to go this week. I, I, don't, I just think the Panther, I mean, granted, Sam Darnold didn't look good in New York. You can't do anything on preseason, but just based on some of it, he didn't look terrible. Now, Jets are just a question mark. I don't know if Zach Wilson's good or not. I mean, he looked okay throughout the preseason, but it's preseason, right? So, I don't know. It's just the Jets on the road, rookie. They're going to have wideouts that are out in this game, so he's not even going to have his full complement of receivers. Jamison Crowder, I believe, is out for COVID. Keelan Cole might be out with injury. Uh, So they will have Corey Davis, but the rest, question mark. So I'm going to go with the Panthers in the four. You seem like you're also going with the Panthers in the four. Yeah, they're, they're, that, te- that offense might surprise people. I, I think that that is going to be, speaking fantasy-wise, it's a very fantasy-friendly offense. And I think that the Panthers as a whole this year made some good improvements. And, and while Sam Darnold is still yet to be proven, he's – I guess technically the worst starting quarterback in the NFL, like over the past 
three years or something like that. Um, Percentage-wise, completion percentage, rating, quarterback rating, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I just, I just don't see them losing, man. They're, that team isn't bad at all. Like Carolina is pretty good. Yeah, I'm with you. So we're both going to take the Panthers in that game. Bills hosting the Steelers. Bills favored by six and a half. Right now, the tickets on the Bills, the Sharps, and the money are on the Steelers. The money quite a bit on the Steelers. 70% of the money is in on the Steelers. So the Bills, six and a half points. Too heavy for me. I'm going to take the Steelers here on the road. Maybe not to win, but to get their doors blown off here. I just have a question. I don't. I don't see it necessarily. So I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think it's the safer of the two plays. Again, I could be wrong. I was way wrong on Thursday. So uh, I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go Bills. Bills at home, opening game. We all know about the Bills Mafia. We all know what the, what it's like in that stadium. They have very high expectations. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like Steelers defense is is. I mean, they brought over Joe Sher- Schobert. To, to kind of man that. Yeah, they got him in a trade bit. super late, which was crazy. Which is crazy because now they have Devin Bush and him in the middle, which is incredible lineup. I mean, that is – Devin Bush is very underrated. He's, he Dude is, is very good. Um, yeah, coming off injury, so, I you know, we'll see. I, I agree. I loved Bush before the injury. You know, we'll see how he yeah. comes back after. With TJ Watt on the outside, like that defense is Minka Fitzpatrick in the back. Like that defense is good. It's very, very good. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I just think Buffalo is the real deal. I really do. I, I think I can't wait to see Buffalo pay, play New England. That's going to be a hell of a game. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm going Bills at home opening game six and a half. They might win by seven, literally. But I, I'm going to go with it. All right, gotcha. Next game up, Vikings in Cincinnati. The Bengals right now home dogs by three points. Everything on the Vikings here. Uh, tickets, the trifecta, and the money all in on the Vikings. I am taking the Vikings here. I liked the Bengals, what I saw last year. I think I might like the Bengals down the road. Right now, I don't like them, so I'm taking the Vikings in the three points. Uh, I'm gonna take the Bengals in the over in this one. This is uh, this is a shootout. This is going to be a shootout, no doubt about it. Over under, and, by the way, currently 47 points on this one. Yeah, yep. I think this is gonna be uh, like the pro- I, I think this is gonna be one of the highest, if not the highest, scoring games of the week. I think that Joe Burrow he needs to get a good hit, man. He needs to take a really good hit. I, I like that kid. I thought he. I thought he looked great last year before the injury. Um, and and if he comes back to what he was and gets back to that to that mindset um, that he is a starting quarterback in the NFL and he can take a hit and not be scared, he's got so many weapons around him. I mean, Mixon, Higgins, Chase, Boyd. Who cares about their tight end? But. He's got so much talent around him. He uh, that team's gonna that team could be very good offensively, defensively. They're horrific. But. Okay, so we're gonna be on opposite ends of the spectrum on that one. The Eagles will be flying down to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Currently, the Falcons are three and a half point favorites. Right now, they also are the favorites of big money at 60% leaning on Atlanta and 53% of the tickets coming in on Atlanta as well. Over under 48.5 points. Uh, I don't know what to do with this game. 
because both these teams, to me, are kind of in a transition. Falcons, not so much. So for that reason, I will take the Falcons. I just don't know what Nick Sirianni and his new-look Eagles are going to be. I don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to be. I have more confidence in Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan in this one. Well, we we couldn't be on more opposite ends of the spectrum. That's fine. Difference is good. I, I just don't. As good as the Falcons may be on offense, I think the Eagles are a more rounded team. Uh, this, this well, the Falcons' defense our... was terrible all year last year, right? So, I mean, the Eagles should have a better defense, um, you would think. I yeah, I don't. This this game it's it's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm not going to bet it for sake of this podcast. Once again, I'm going to take the Eagles. Jalen Hurts, I believe, is better than Matt Ryan. I believe that Jalen Hurts has the ability. I think we actually discussed this earlier in the year when we were discussing fantasy. I think he has the ability to, to be one of the first, if not the first, 4,000, 1,000. And he might be able to pass for 4,000 yards and run for 1,000 yards. My biggest concern with Philadelphia and being around so many Philadelphia fans down here, you know, we've talked about it a thousand times. Um, the biggest concern for Philadelphia is who's going to catch the ball. Yeah, right now, I mean, it's nobody. I, I mean, you have Greg Ward, Jalen Rigord, and uh, Rieger, and uh, Devontae Smith. So right. ultimately, down the road, it'll be Devontae Smith. But again, rookie wide receivers usually take a year to two years to kind of ramp up. So I wouldn't put too much stock got in Goddard, him being the guy. You know, Goddard too. Right, of course. So. Uh, All right, so we'll be on the opposite ends of that one. The Lions are going to be hosting the 49ers. 49ers, a big favorite in this one, eight and a half points. Uh, Tickets in on the 49ers, 73% of the tickets, 65% of the money favoring the 49ers. That means that the Sharps are going to move over to the Lions, which they have. And the over-under is 45.5 points. Obviously, DeAndre Swift comes into play here because all the internet rumors two days ago that he was going to get arrested for murder uh, had hit. And they have, I I don't even know what the situation is. Something related to a Philadelphia internet leak where they said that he was the subject of a police investigation into some kind of murder. It kind of took over all the headlines for this game, at least in the past 48 hours. Take all that stuff away. This game to me is coach versus coach. Uh, You know, Dan Campbell is yet to be proven. I thought he was a great player. He seems like a fucking meathead as a coach. So I'm taking Kyle Shanahan here because he's just a better coach. It's a better team. I think they should run laps around Campbell's Lions, but that's just me. Lions don't stand a chance in this game. Yeah, I don't think so. 45, 45 and a half points might be an over just because 49ers might score a ton. I just don't know if the Lions will be able to contribute. No, that's the problem is is that can the Lions put up more than 10 points? So we're both going to go with the 49ers on this one? Yeah, I think it's nine and a half. Well, DraftKings, it's nine and a half. Some other sites have it at eight. I'd like to, I would love to hammer it at eight. If I got it at eight, I'd love it. Yeah, nine and a half is getting a little, be a little high. I mean, you're you're talking about a, a ten, almost ten points, but still. Like, yeah, that's. I mean, but MGM has it at eight. FanDuel has it at eight and a half. Nine and a half is so much on DraftKings. They're just, it should, everyone's just pushing it up and up. I mean, starting seven and a half, so it's gone up two points. 
Yeah, I, I I just don't know where I look at that line and I say, oh no, then I go Lions, right? I mean, eight and a half, nine, nine and a half, maybe ten, maybe ten is a lot. I don't know. Ten, ten is a push. I, I'll I'll take the Lions at ten. Uh, well, still an NFL team. Don't have to worry about it, right? Well, yeah, true, they are. Uh, don't have to worry about it. Eight and a half. We're both going to lean on the 49ers in that one. Takes us out of one o'clock games into our lone four o'clock game that we have not talked about. That is the Broncos visiting the Giants at MetLife Stadium. The Broncos currently road favorites here at three points and a trifecta play. Sharps tickets money all in on the Broncos. I'm taking the Giants here. I actually like them to win. I don't like the Giants' offensive line. It is a big question mark, but I just don't like the Broncos. I, I don't. I know everybody's talking about the Broncos' defense. It's really good. They're a quarterback away. I mean, maybe Bradley Chubb's a little banged up here. The Giants' defense last year was great. They added Adoree Jackson. Jackson got injured a couple weeks ago, but I think he's good to go in this game. Um, yes, no Evan Ingram. The Giants will be short him. But I just I, – I like I, two teams that are split. I feel like it should be more leaning toward the Giants in this one, so I'm taking them. 41-and-a-half. This is all oh, – 41-and-a-half, sorry to cut you off, is the over-under. This is the lowest over-under of the entire week, by the way. Nobody expects anything out of this game. I, I'm taking the Giants, too. Getting three points, that's – it's like – I think Giants are going to win the game. Yeah, so do I. I, I. I really like the Giants' money line on this one. And that over yeah. under to me is really low. It's really it's almost too low. I think. I wouldn't bet it though. Uh, no, I wouldn't. But I like to tease it. Uh, I'll be honest with that one. So, all right. So the four o'clock game, we're both in on the Giants. That leaves two games left: the night games, the Sunday night games. Rams hosting the Bears. Rams favored by seven and a half. Tons of money, tons of tickets coming in on the Rams, 84% for both. And then the Sharps just turned around and they went the other way. And they said 7.5 is way too much for you know a Chicago team that's not terrible, or at least as they see it, even with Andy Dalton. 46.5 is the over-under in this one. So do you are, are you lining with the Sharps here, thinking that the Bears are a, a sneaky play? They're not that bad. They, they should be able to compete. Or are you like everybody else just saying the Rams are going to blow their doors off? I don't – see, like I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I think it is going to be like a 10-point game. And when I say blowout, I don't think it's going to be like a 20-point game. I don't think it's going to be like a three-touchdown game. I think the Bears will be fine. I, the Rams' defense is very good, and it's, at, it's, it's in Los Angeles – so, obviously, they have a lot of advantages in that case. This is eight points because they believe Stafford's going to hammer the, the, the ball down the field, and they think that Andy Dalton's going to suck. Like, uh, th- that's, why yes. the, that's why this line is what it is. They, it's really about Dalton and Stafford. So, I guess we'll see. They have, Rams have no running game. I have zero interest in Darrell Henderson. Darrell Henderson, sorry. Is it Darrell? I don't know. Daryl. Daryl Henderson. Daryl. Junior. Daryl Henderson Jr. Right. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see what Sony Michelle does, but that we're gonna have to wait to see that. Yeah, I think I'm more Um, interested in fantasy outputs in this game. I don't think the Bears are gonna be competitive. I guess my concern with the seven and a half point line is if they're down by 14 or 17 if they make a change to Justin Fields because Dalton stinks and then Fields you know whips up 10 10 points out of nowhere but 
I, you know, you can't kind of predict those types of events happening. So for that reason, I'm going to go with the Rams. As so many people you. are predicting that they're going to switch to to Fields at halftime. Yeah, there's not a prediction. That, that's not even a prediction. It's just you know, you just say it to say it you, because you don't know how the game's going to play out, and you can't no, make I, those kind of I, predictions I, without knowing how the game's going to play out. I'm sorry. Of course not, but I mean that's what everyone thinks is going to happen. Yeah, that's fine. So. That leaves one game left on the schedule, and that game is Monday Night Football, where we have the Baltimore Ravens with no team left as they all keep blowing out ankles and knees and Achilles going in to face off against your Raiders. Right now, the Ravens are four-point favorites on the road they also have the sharps on them. They have the tickets on them, but the money is leaning toward the Raiders now. Now this line was a little bit higher a couple of days ago, and then it came back uh, down to four. So are you going to take your Raiders here at four, seeing how the Ravens have just lost player after player and have no backfield? That's the only reason I'm taking the Raiders. Uh, Baltimore still. <laughs> that's... I don't know. I don't, Monday night football, the Raiders are probably going to play pretty good. Gruden, does, Gruden loves primetime. I mean, Peters is the biggest loss of that all, right? I mean, I know they lost their entire backfield, but losing your starting cornerback is brutal. Well, losing Dobbins and then losing Peters, is those are two dramatic losses for that team. Yeah, I mean, that, that just sucks. I mean, and, and to lose Peters so late in the game is like, how do you replace him? <laughs> How do you replace your starting corner? I don't know. Like, you lose your number one running back, your number two running back, your number three running back, and then you have – I just – I don't even know what to say. Yeah, I, I – you know, four points. I I really like the Ravens prior to everybody getting hurt. I just don't know what this, this – this almost seems like the Raiders might win it outright just because the Ravens are going to be trying to, you know, figure out what's coming and going and, and how to move forward. I mean, Le'Veon Bell just got picked up and they were talking about he, he might even play now, right? So... Yeah, Lat Murray, you mean. Well, they picked up Lat Murray and they picked up Bell, but I think they were talking about... Bell. I guess they're talking about both of them playing, right? And Devontae Freeman. Yeah, Freeman, I don't... I, I mean, if there were two guys... Well, I don't know. He was talking about how Bell didn't have his, you know, his football legs quite yet. So yeah. maybe they go with – I mean, Murray's like an auto play for them because he was yeah, just been, on the Saints. He's been playing. He's been playing. He's been practicing. But it, I don't think it matters. I think Tyson Williams is going to take the ball and he's going to be fine with it. Yeah. I didn't – dude, I didn't realize uh, – once you do the background on, on Tyson Williams, I didn't realize he's a second-year guy who played six years of college football. Yeah, well, I mean, regardless of that, he was on their practice squad all last year, and he played really well. Like, they were trying to figure out a way to get him on the roster. Well, that's what I mean. He's a second-year guy. He's a second-year in the He's like 26 or something already. I, I had no idea he had been, he's, he was that old. I thought he was this young rookie out of – when you you know, when, when this guy just comes up the ranks like that, you, you never – no one ever pays attention to him. Right. I mean, for sure. But you have, and you did all your research. So good for you. Good for, good for you. Me. The over-under in this game, by the way, is 50 points. And I don't have any kind of lean on that. I, I don't know what to do with that one. So No. 
All right, so those are the picks for the week, and that means we will jump right into our bets. Now, this is how the bets work. Chris and I give ourselves a fictitious $1,000 uh money roll, bankroll to play with, and then we will give you a bunch of parlays, teasers, and then we give, by default, not applied to our actual money bankroll. We'll give five of our best bets, the super picks. We'll also give two over-unders and then a survivor and a knockout choice each week. And we won't reuse the survivor and the knockout, so even if we lose, then we'll pick new teams and we'll just keep marching along. So that's how it goes down, and let's fire away. Fourth down. All right, so let's start it up, Chris. I'll let you kick it off. Give me your super picks for the week, and these are our five best bets. The Westgate Super super Contest, this is how they did it. you got to pick five and go against everybody else, so we'll give our thoughts. Uh, I got Seattle. You got Seattle. Block. Carolina. Carolina. Lock. Kansas City. Kansas City. I got New England. New England as well. And then my only my only concern, my only questionable game is the Green Bay game. Okay. But you're locking that one in? Yeah. Alright, so run through your super picks one more time. Seattle, Carolina, Kansas City, New England, and Green Bay. All right. I have some of those similar. I am going to also go with the Chiefs. I'm going to go with the Pats. I'm going to go with the 49ers. I'm going to go with the Panthers. And then I'm going to go with the Giants. I like the Giants flat out to win. The two over-under games that we've got, What do you give me one of your two over-unders. So the pass, I I like. We talked about it earlier. I like the under in that. I just don't think that the Dolphins are going to be able to score enough points against that Patriots defense. Okay. So I like the under. Yep. At 43.5. and then the Washington uh, game, the Washington San Diego. Jeez, uh, I did it. Los Angeles. Gotcha. Chargers game. Uh, I like the over in that. Uh, I think that they're going to surprise people and and put up some points. And what total are you using for that one? 45. 45. Okay. Well, my two games, I also like the over in Los Angeles versus Washington. I also took the over in that one. So we're both in on that one. And then I took Denver and New York Giants. I just, again, I thought that line, which we quoted previously at being 41 and a half, is just low. So I see both those teams having at least offense enough that they could get over 41 and a half points, the lowest point total in terms of the over-under this week. So those are our super picks and our over-unders. We've got two more here, the survivors and the knockouts. Who are you going to go with your survivor pick for the week? The uh, the Rams. You're doing the Rams. I almost took the Rams. I ended up taking the 49ers. Of course you did. And then who did you take for the knockout? That same game. I took the Lions. You you took the Lions on the knockout, right? Okay, so right. I took the Lions on the knockout as well. So you, like, the Lions ensured to lose more so than the Bears. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yep. So without further ado, it's our gambling pick. So what are you doing with your picks for this week? 
So I'm going to do two parlays and then a teaser. So my first parlay is going to be a $50 money line three-team parlay. Okay. All right, so I'm going to get the cards to win outright. Cardinals? Yep, plus 140. Okay. I got the Eagles beating the Falcons outright. Gotcha. At plus 155. And then I am going to bring the Chiefs down to even. And just in case somehow Cleveland stays in that game, I'm going to bring them down minus 280 to win that game. I got 50 to win 425. Okay. And do you have any other parlays? I do. I have one three-team parlay. Okay. Straight straight points. I got the Seahawks at minus two and a half. Okay. Got the Panthers at minus four. Yep. And then I'm going to take the Chiefs at minus five and a half. Okay. And that's 50 to win 300. All right. My parlays are have a little bit of the same flavor. Not really, though. But I went with the... This is kind of the teams that I think are just that much better. And they're like... Two, at least, are at home. I took New England with the three and a half at home. Kansas City with the five and a half at home. And then I took San Francisco with the eight and a half on the road. And I did that $25 for $178. And similarly, what I did was I kept New England and I kept Kansas City. San Francisco, it is a high line. They are on the road. And so what I did was, eh, you know what? I like one road team, but I'm not so confident on them. So I'll take another road team because why not take the road teams that are favorite? So I took the Green Bay Packers. So in that second parlay, which is 25 for 178, I also took the Pats and the Chiefs and I put them with the Packers. So both of my parlays revolve around the two bookends of New England and Kansas City and then I went one one parlay with San Francisco the other with Green Bay so teaser action I have three how many do you have I just did one big teaser okay go ahead so I got a hundred dollar 14 tease okay I got the Eagles at plus nine okay that's Eagles Falcons I got uh, the Rams, I bring that down to one and a half. Yep. Oh, actually, that went up, didn't it? What is well, it? whatever. The whatever the Rams is, it's not going to matter. Yeah, I brought the Rams down. One and a half, too. Uh, the 49ers, I'm going to bring them down to three and a half. Yep. And then the last game, and I never like to do this. This is called whatever I call crossing the line. I got the Patriots getting plus three. So what I hate to do with teasers, but I'm doing here, is you hate to cross from a, a, a negative to a positive. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I got you. Yeah. Yeah, I hate crossing the line. What's the value I in it? I got you. Right. What's the value in it? So, But I'm going to do it because I think the Patriots are going to win that game. And, and just in case they do lose, maybe they'll lose by a point or two. And that's that's at $100 to win 360 Okay, 100 for your 3-6-0. And so here are my quick three teasers. They're all three teams. The first one is the Chiefs, Rams, and Pats. So you have the Pats, you have the Rams, and then you don't have the Chiefs, you have the 49ers. I changed it up a little bit. I went Chiefs, Rams, and Pats. 
those both those games, I did the same thing with the Pats where it pushes it through. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, but hey, look, all they got to do is win. And even if they lose, they can lose by a point or two, and they still, you know, qualify. Rams come down to one and a half, and the Chiefs are basically a half a point favorite. That was 50 for 130. The next one is the Giants, Raiders, and the Steelers. This is my, hey, these teams aren't that effing bad. I'm going to tease these bitches up, and I'm going to take them. So the Giants end up having a nine-point cushion. Raiders have a 10-point cushion, and the Steelers have a 12.5-point cushion. I put 50 for 130 on that one. And then my final one is an over-under teaser. What I ultimately did was I took the New England-Miami game. I'm going to tease that up and take the under, so that over-under becomes 49.5. I'm going to take the Baltimore-Las Vegas game. I'm going to tease that up and take the under at 56 and then I'm going to take the Kansas City and Cleveland game. I'm going to tease that up to 60 and a half, and I'm going to take the under there. So again, that final over-under is New England, Miami, teased up, taking the under. Baltimore, Vegas, taking the under after it teased that one up. And Kansas City, Cleveland, also taking the under, under teased up. And so I think that wraps it up for our first week of gambling picks We will see now about 24 hours from right now as we wrap up here about 12.30 what is in store for our choices for the weekend. Until then, Chris, enjoy yourself. I will talk to you later. Adios. All right, everybody else, enjoy your Saturdays, Sundays. And if you listen to it Monday, it's too late. You missed out on everything. So peace. Audi 5000. Adios.